You're listening to a podcast from GravityChurch.com, Lodi, California. This pleased Potiphar, so he made Joseph his personal attendant. He put him in charge of the entire household and everything he owned. From the day Joseph was put in charge of his master's household and property, the Lord began to bless Potiphar's household for Joseph's sake. All his household affairs ran smoothly. His crops and livestock flourished. So Potiphar gave Joseph complete administrative responsibility over everything he owned. With Joseph there, he didn't worry about a thing except what kind of food to eat. So things are going pretty good, right? How many business owners would like a guy like Joseph running the show for him? How many employers would like an employee like Joseph? Things he touched just kind of turned to gold like Midas, right? He's just successful and he's got this favor on him and things work out, right? So everything's good. It's all going good. But here's where the story, it turns for him. We talked about problems being up and down, right? Well, here's where the story turns for Joseph. It says that Joseph was a handsome and well-built man. He was yoked, right? So Potiphar's wife takes notice of Joseph, just like everybody else. Potiphar's wife takes notice of Joseph. It says over the course of several days, she tried to get Joseph to sleep with her. It says she kept pursuing him and kept pressuring him, right? But he refused time and time again, and he told her it would be a sin against God to do that. One day, they were alone, and this woman, she was completely relentless with her attempts to do this. She says, come sleep with me. But this time, she actually grabs Joseph's cloak. She grabs his cloak, and he has to tear himself away from her. And he runs, he runs out of the house, completely runs away from her, right? And guys, this is a great example of what to do with temptation, right? When, when you have temptation, you go the other way, and you just take off, and you leave it there. But the problem is, she, she had Joseph's cloak. She's still got his cloak. She takes off, but he's got his, he takes off, but she's got his cloak, right? She actually tore it off of his body. So she takes his cloak, and she tells Potiphar, her husband, the opposite of what happened. She tells him this lie that, that it was Joseph that came on to her. Well, he gets completely furious about it. And he puts Joseph in prison. So he goes from being the head of this guy's estate, puts him in prison. I want to ask you guys this again. Do you, do you think that the favor stopped there? I want you to think about it for a moment. Do you think that Joseph's circumstances, do you think, to think that it just stopped? Or did they go with him again? The last time he lost a cloak, he ended up in a, as a slave, right? So, let's read verse 21. 39, 21. But the Lord was with Joseph in the prison and showed him his faithful love. And the Lord made Joseph a favorite with the prison warden. There's that word again, favorite. Before long, the warden put Joseph in charge of all the other prisoners and over everything that happened in the prison. The warden had no more worries because Joseph took care of everything. The Lord was with him and caused everything he did to succeed. So he favored him. It wasn't about his circumstances at the time. It wasn't about what he was going on or what was going on. His favor was on Joseph wherever he went. So Joseph finds himself in prison. He's not in the regular prison. He's in the place where the king's prisoners go. And when he's down there, he's running the game, but he finds himself 
with the chief baker from the king and the cupbearer. Now, I don't know how a baker would get into prison. I don't know if he, like, burned bread or, or what, but the, the baker was in prison, and, and the guy that holds Pharaoh's cup is with him. So these guys, they wake up one day, and they look really upset. Now, we know that Joseph's a dreamer, right? That he used to have dreams when he was a kid. Well, these guys tell Joseph, man, we had these dreams. We had these dreams, and, and we just don't know what to make of them. So Joseph says, well, let me hear it. So these guys, they, they tell Joseph his dream. The cupbearer starts, and, and he starts talking to him about this dream. And Joseph says, I got good news for you. In a couple days, you're going to be back in the palace to your old job. You're going to be holding the cup again for your, for your pharaoh. And the baker's like, ooh, do me, do me. Yeah. So he's like, oh, well, um, yeah, in, in three days, you're going to be executed. So it kind of sucks to be you, but... Either way, they both, he, he was able to tell them both of their dreams, right? So Joseph tells the cupbearer, just remember me when you go back up there. When you go back to Pharaoh, just kind of remember me, right? Well, he forgets. He gets his job back and he completely forgets. So two years go by and, and Joseph is still in prison. Two years he's, he's incarcerated, he's falsely accused, and, and he's doing time for something he didn't do, Right? Two years goes by. Well, Pharaoh, in the meantime, the king, is having these funny dreams. Pharaoh's having these dreams, and, and he, he calls out to all the people in his kingdom, who can tell me what these dreams mean? Nobody could tell him. Everybody was like, man, I just don't know. So the cupbearer is sitting there holding the cup, and he's probably shaking. He's probably really nervous to say anything. But he's like, um, Pharaoh, you got this guy named Joseph? And when I was in prison and I had a dream, he told me that I would have my job back, and I did. And he said the baker was going to be executed, and you killed him. So Pharaoh, he sends for Joseph. He sends for Joseph. So Joseph, it says that he shaved and he changed his clothes before he met with Pharaoh. The third time that he, that he changes the clothing, that he loses the clothing that defined his existence at that moment. And then he goes to see Pharaoh, and he, and he listens to the dreams, right? So Pharaoh tells Joseph, I'm having these dreams about these fat cows and these skinny cows. I'm having dreams about these grains of wheat that are just perfect. Then I have these dreams about these grains of wheat that are just all jacked up. What is it? Nobody can tell me what this is. So Joseph tells Pharaoh, he's like, man, God's giving you a dream. He's telling you that there's going to be some good times followed by some bad times. And you've got to put somebody in charge. You've got to put somebody in charge, right? So Pharaoh is just so taken by what Joseph has to say. He sees the Spirit of God at work in his life. Even though he's a prisoner, he sees what God is. He sees God in him, right? So in verse 40, Chapter, I'm sorry, chapter 40, verse 38, Pharaoh says, can we find anyone like this man so obviously filled with the Spirit of God? So that's Pharaoh. He's, he's taken by Joseph, and he's telling everybody, is this, is this the only one? Are you serious? So he puts Joseph in charge of his kingdom. He says, Joseph, only I, in verse 40, it says, only I sitting on the throne will have a rank higher than you. 
From this point forward, you are second in charge. And then he appoints Joseph to this problem that's coming. He appoints him to start dealing with, with this drought that's coming and this, these good times that are coming. So Joseph, we know that how everything he touched just kind of turns to gold, right? Well, it says that, that these crops were just so abundant and plentiful that they even lost numbers to count them. That the grains in the storehouses were so vast that it was like counting the sand of the shore or the sea. So many of them. So in this prosperous time, Joseph, he comes to save the day. He's got God in his life, right? The story goes on and we find that Joseph and his, and his brothers were also coming across these hard times. Now we're two years into the famine. We're two years into this rough time and they're kind of running out, running out of food. So Jacob, he sends his sons to Egypt. He says, go get some food. Go get some, you know, we're going to starve. Go get some food, right? So the brothers, they, they go there and they counter Joseph in Egypt, the brothers that sold him. But he's a grown man now. He's all yoked out and he's probably dressed really nice and they don't even recognize him. And Joseph, he's, he's kind of like he's undercover. He's not saying who he is. They're not remembering him and he's not saying nothing. And, and there's so much dialogue that goes back and forth and there's trips back to their father and they're sending messages and stuff. And, and, and his brothers still don't recognize him. And Joseph, you, you, if you read it, I would encourage you guys in your time, there's so much to go over right now, but in your free time, read this story, and you'll see how it just pains Joseph's heart, his heart, not to reveal himself and, and be reunited with his family, but so they have all these conversations, and, and there's one day where his brothers are actually on the ground kneeling for him, kneeling, bowing down to him, just like he said they would when he was a 17-year-old kid wearing this multicolored robe. It all came to pass, right? Well, later on in chapter 45, we see this amazing thing happen. Joseph, he actually reveals himself to his family. First, he's concealing his identity, right? He's concealing it from them, but after some time, he, he actually decided to reveal it to him. And he says to him, the first thing he says is, I am Joseph, is my father still living? It says that his brothers couldn't answer him because they were terrified at his presence. He says, is my father still alive? right? Verse 4, so Joseph said to his brothers, come close to me. And when they had done so, he said, I am your brother Joseph, the one you sold into Egypt. And now don't be distressed and don't be angry with yourselves for selling me here because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. For two years now, there has been famine in the land. And, and for the next five years, there will be no plowing or reaping. But God sent me ahead of you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So he tells his brothers, this whole thing was God's will. I know you guys were angry at me. I know you guys hated me, but it was God's will that this happened. It was God's will that, that I went through all of this. It was God's will that through the ups and through the downs of my life, it was all God's will. And what I love about this is how Joseph, how he sees the bigger picture. You see, he didn't get so caught up in this moment. He didn't get all bent out of shape when he was sold as a slave. He didn't get all upset when he was falsely jailed. 
He trusted God and he, and he persevered through it. He saw through these moments from the time he was the apple of his father's eye to the time that he was running Egypt. The good and the bad. So he remained faithful. And the story, it's a beautiful story. And it goes on and Joseph, he's reunited with his father. And, and when his father finds out who he really is, he can hardly believe it. But we see how the favor of God, it, it just follows Joseph. And we see how that favor, how it stays with us. Even in these circumstances that are just completely jacked up, even in the face of problems, the favor of God, it, it just stays with us. I want to read with you one more verse. In Psalms 5.12, it says, For you, O Lord, will bless the righteous. With favor, you will surround him as with a shield. With favor, you will surround him as with a shield. So it's true that, that we may have these problems and these things that we go through every day. Our faith is tested. Our faith is stretched. But God's favor, it doesn't depart from us. His favor is within us. It says that. It says that it stays with us. And when we look at Joseph's life, we see this favor that followed him wherever he went. We're going to take communion in just a few minutes. I'm not sure what's going on in everybody's life. I, I obviously have no clue. But I want you to know that whatever it is you're going through, whatever these problems are that you're dealing with, when you're taking those first steps, like in James 4.8, when you start drawing closer, we need to understand that God's favor, it stays with us. It's always there. And it says it's like a shield, and it completely surrounds us. And I got to tell you that I, I take such comfort in that. And in just the fact that I know that, man, he's just all around me. Yeah, there's, there's things that I deal with and that, that get to me, but I know that his favor, it's solid. It's like a rock. It's just solid. And I, I don't have to worry about that part because I'm his and he favors me and he cares about me and I'm valuable just like you are just like every one of us are. So let's pray and let's take communion. Let's take these gifts that, that remind us of the sacrifice that Jesus made so that we could be in his grace and, and we could experience that favor personally. If you guys afterwards want prayer, this is the moment, this is the part of our service it's like my favorite part where we actually just turn, turn everything else off and we just focus on him. And if you're here tonight and you want prayer, we care about you and we want to pray with you. I'll be up here. Jason will be up here. And some of our other leaders will be here. What we don't want you to do is to ever walk out of this place not knowing that God loves you and we care about you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for this day, Father, and, and your word, Jesus. And God, how through thick and thin, through our problems, through our suffering, God, you are there and you are solid. You are solid, God, and we rest on that, Jesus. We always come back to the fact that you love us and you care for us, Jesus. God, tonight we ask that you bless this communion. God, we pray that this message takes root in our heart, God and follows us out, Jesus, and that 
your life continues to grow through us. That what you want for us, God, even though it looks hard at times, that we would have that foresight, God, to look right through it, God, and recognize the shield that you have around us, Jesus. We love you, Lord. Just give you the glory and the praise. In Jesus' name. Let's take communion, guys. You've been listening to gravitychurch.com.